One, two, three, hit it. Welcome to Rob's Cooking Corner with Rob. Put peanut butter on your spaghetti. It's good. This has been Rob's Cooking Corner. And then we're going to need a really long disclaimer for all the people that try that and hate it. From Momland Productions and Facade Media, this is Are We Sure This Is Good? with Rob Derland and Tim Mom. Hi, and welcome to Are We Sure This Is Good? with Tim and Rob. I, of course, am Tim, and with me, as always, is Robert Chase Derlin. Say hi, Rob. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Rob is trying really hard not to say hello in an Australian accent, because he's been stuck in one all day for a work project, and watching his face as his brain computes that is amazing. Not gonna do it. I'm, I'm trying. Oh. I'm starting to, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna leave. Resist hard into my normal Rob accent. Does it, do I sound more like me now? Like too, you sound like, yeah, like extra. Like too much like me? Mm. Like maybe I'm not me anymore? And I've lost that concept to time and like the weariness of the world? say a word too many times and it becomes like not a word, but like with you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Am I still here anymore, Timothy? No. What's the show about anyway? <laughs> anyway, welcome to Are We Sure This Is Good? Uh, this is a show where we ask if things are good. Could it be good? Is it almost good? Is it good but there are exceptions? Or is it bad but there's some exceptions? We try to wheedle it out. We'll try to figure out some of the nuance and dig into some things. But um, yeah, we're asking the big questions and the small questions. And we are having a – oh, I, we need to get our tagline down. A wildly unnecessary dissection. Of everyday thoughts. Yeah, we're like, if you were sitting on the bank of a lake and there was a large boat sinking, we're just the two guys, like, analyzing what's going on with that boat. Mm-hmm. Looks like a bad situation. It's rough stuff over there. But it's a nice-looking boat. Are we sure boats are good? I mean, this boat isn't, apparently. It's sinking. It's not good for anybody. They should have got a better boat. Or maybe a smaller boat that was more easy to maintain. Several a, small boats. A more focused boat, perhaps. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, it's like that boat with other things that aren't boats, or the boat holds the thing that we're talking about. You see, that's that's what Tim was saying earlier. I said it in a different way. That's mm-hmm. arguably worse, but definitely different, which is the alternate tagline for our podcast. <laughs> Possibly worse, but definitely different. Oh, my God. That's – I'm not against it. It's fun to say. Possibly worse. Definitely different. And today we are talking about binge watching. Tim didn't do it, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to jump in. Hey, it's it's okay. I can cut that time down to nothing. They'll just think I said it normally. I want to be clear. This It's a video call that we're on. So if you want me to say something, you could just oh. point at your computer screen. I, I could. I, I did. I, I did. A, I did a lean in with like a wink, winky face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe that wasn't obvious enough. I'm sorry. And today's topic is binge watching. Nailed it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was great. So I think um, to tackle binge watching, we're going to talk about is binge watching good. Mm-hmm. And if it is, what shows are, are good for it? Are there shows that are bad for it? Or is binge watching just amazing all the time? But I think with 
most of the topics as we find out. There's upsides, there's downsides. I will front that I think a lot of shows are made for not binge watching. Mm-hmm. And that some shows are. It depends on where you're at. It depends on what like you want to accomplish. It's like going into a movie theater. There's 20 movies playing. You're going to pick. You remember movie theaters when people used to go to, to things and do things in mm-hmm. public. If Say you show up and don't actually know what you are going to watch. Sure. Now, now all of a sudden you're like, okay, what, what am I in the mood for? Do I, want a, do I want a scary show? Do I want a romantic show? Do I want a comedy show? All these different things. Something with some action. Something with some heart. Something for the kids. So not only are you picking like the subject matter, but are you going to sit down and watch for three hours? So if you're going to watch something for three hours, watch The Irishman. I don't know. Watch a really big story instead of watching 12 episodes of, of a sitcom, maybe. So you're maybe a little more for the episodic situation, huh? Sometimes? I am a, I am pro-episodic television. I think uh, a lot of good TV shows fall into the episodic pattern really well. I think like prestige TV is anti-binge. And we'll talk about that later during, during Tim's thoughts. But I think um, – how would I want to phrase this? Leaving people wanting more is like a key tenet of television storytelling. Ending on a cliffhanger, threading a story through week to week, letting characters develop slowly. And I think binging isn't great for any of those things. And I know we're moving away from that monoculture where everyone is kind of watching the same shows. I think Seinfeld might have been one of the last big monoculture shows where kind of everyone watched the finale of of Seinfeld. Uh, sports still hold that sway over people, I think, where like a lot of people watch the Super Bowl. Even if you're not into football, you end up watching the Super Bowl. Even if you're not a huge college basketball person, you end up watching the Final Four. Things like that where it's a it's an event to be talked about. And talking about what happened in the show, mulling it and processing it, picking it apart. Plus also guessing what happens next is a really cool part of a lot of these big shows. And so much thought goes into each episode. That you can't really just wolf it down, I don't think. It's like, uh, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's like cheesecake or lobster risotto. Like If you eat lobster risotto at the same speed you eat Captain Crunch, I think you're doing it wrong. I think generally that's bad. You want to take your time with it and really enjoy it. If it's something that's been built to be enjoyed, like you can't binge watch Mad Men. I think that's a terrible idea. I think... Maybe you could binge watch Mad Men the second time through. But I think the first time through, that show has so many layers and there's little nuances and you're picking up on stuff. The relationship between the characters builds and it becomes a web season after season instead of just these straight relationships. All of a sudden you have – each relationship has its own secrets and its own nooks and its own crannies. And it's really fun to slowly let that build over time. Like a second time through Mad Men, bam, run right through it and, and like relive all your favorite moments and do all that. But I think the first time through, you really just want to want to slow it down. So my overview position is that binge watching is bad. Okay. So in your perfect world, there okay. would be a lobster risotto flavored Captain Crunch. In my perfect world, you wouldn't have said that just now. <laughs> I enjoy a bowl of Captain Crunch, and I enjoy lobster risotto, and I don't think the two really should have a relationship with each other. Just like I love Mad Men, and I love binge-watching Scrubs, but I don't think these two things go together. So generally, I think it's bad. 
What is your general position? Is binge watching good? Rob Durland, go. So when we move on to mine, here's my philosophy on binging. Binge hard, live hard, die hard, binge die hard, leave only ash. Just t- take it in as fast as you can. Consume while you can and die while you can. That's what I think of that. Is this predicated on the idea that there's so much content out there, we just have to push through it? Yeah, sure. That's a good way to think of it. I was just thinking more of how I will obsess about something and my mental illness won't let me let go until I've consumed as much of it as possible. But your thing is more culturally appropriate. Okay. (laughs) Well, I don't know how comfortable I am interrogating you about one of those topics. (laughs) Don't want to be... A weirdo. I am a weirdo. You can't out-weird me. No, I don't want to be the weirdo that's like peeping in on your... Uh, You can't out-pizza the hut, bro. And I... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Your position that binging is good. Yeah, there's so... Like you said, there is so much to take in. You got to take it in. But I feel compulsed to take it in, and I like it. I like... I agree with some of the things you said about episodic, like, waiting... But you yes. Know you know what's better than waiting? Not, Not waiting. waiting. Just doing it. <laughs> Just doing it. I think I've definitely felt that way when watching a show. And I want to get to the end and I want to know what happens. I This is getting a little emotional. But there there is an emptiness when you finish finish a show. Like I remember when Breaking Bad was actually over. And it wasn't just getting to the end of the season. You were getting to the end of the show. And then all of a sudden – they were gone. Like Jesse drove away and Walt died and it was a whole – spoilers uh, – a whole thing. Yeah, like what do, what do I do now? Do I have to go start over? It's like a breakup almost where it's like, okay, those people aren't part of my life anymore. I need to go learn a new show or take a break. Also a terrible show to binge watch because of like the depth of the show, the gravity of the show, like the people that died and lives that were ruined. Like I remember – trying to binge part of it and my brother did this as well and it was like oh you can't do that you need to like you need to have a sideshow where you like watch two breaking mads and then a parks and rec and then go to bed the, you can't have the last thing floating at the top of your brain going into dreamland being walt poisoning a child to expand his drug empire you want to just watch ron swanson really love some bacon and then go to bed that's that's how you go to bed see i have a solution to that too uh, okay. I have binged Mad Men three or four times. Holy, okay. I've never seen the ending. I just stop and I don't let it end. And then they never leave your life and it's good forever. I haven't seen the ending of Hannibal. I only watched the season three finale of uh, Arrested Development when I knew there was going to be a season four. So, uh, yeah. I just do that. Just do that. Just don't finish it. That's the that's the problem you ha- you're having. Never finish mm-hmm. it. Just clearly, I'm the one with the problem based on what you <laughs> what you just said. The ending of Hannibal and the ending of Mad Men are incredible. They are great. I've heard that, and I'm just not ready. Yet. I do end eventually end up ending shows. Just takes. Do, do you get a, a little closer every time? Like you watch almost all of season three of Hannibal and yeah. then pull it back. Yeah. Have you started the last episode but not finished it? I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't even seen the last half of season three of Hannibal. (laughs) Okay, but when you rewatch it again, will you get one episode closer? I might. uh, Yeah, I hope so. So that's how I do things, and I think it's great. You get 
You get all, you get all your answers. So yeah, binge watching is great. It's awesome. That's my position. And uh, yeah, just what about video games? Do you finish video games? <laughs> nope. <laughs> you don't play them to the end. I play maybe like two out of every fifty to the end of the game. Okay. Well, like GTA, a lot of the open worlders, there's not really an end. There's just uh, there's an end of the story, and I did. That's one of the ones sure. I did play to this to the end, and I did play the uh, oh, what was it? Oh, uh, Death Stranding. I, that uh, that medium, the way. Okay, I, I can't get into Death Stranding too much, but it is the perfect entertainment package. I wish it, you. I mean, I wish it was just like a movie you could watch, but that would take a lot of it away. It's okay. It's got a really cool. Everything I don't know. I had to finish it. It was so. It spoke to me on every level of my soul, and it was the gameplay was so addicting that I had no choice but to see it all the way to the end. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes what's in the end? Yeah. Don't don't you wonder what happened to Don Draper? Uh, a little bit, but not enough to not enough to have it be to have that to have that sadness that you were talking about that. uh that feeling of loss. I'd rather just not know and not feel that way. Okay. So there's that. But so yeah, there's that. A little bit of a contention here. I'm saying binge watching is good. I'm saying it's bad in almost every case, but there are some exceptions. So if you like our positions are a Venn diagram and the circles are like kissing yes. maybe. Just yes. a little. I would, yes. Yeah. I would just, yeah, say that I would apply more binge-watching to more things. And then our Venn diagrams of finishing things would be just two separate circles that don't touch. Well, maybe a little bit. I did finish Breaking Bad. Good. Because if you you hadn't, I would have spoiled it just now (laughs) when I said Jesse drives away and Walt died. Well, it's unclear if he dies. He gets shot. I thought, okay, I guess you didn't see him dying, did you? They just played that sad song and made it sing. Yeah, and then they did the, the top. Okay. The top up zoom on his body go either way. I haven't seen the movie either. I need to watch that. Did you watch the movie? No, no. See, I'm the, I like the anti version of, of your thing of like the, keeping the cycle alive. When I'm done, I really enjoy moving on to new things. Like oh. uh, The Office is a great example. I watched The Office up to just a couple episodes after Michael Scott left. I saw the Will Ferrell episodes because I love Will Ferrell. And, you know, why wouldn't you watch the Will Ferrell episodes? So once Will Ferrell was gone, I never watched another episode. And I don't regret it. And everyone was like, oh, there's, they do all these new things. And I was like, yeah, but the show I was watching had Steve Carell in it. And Steve Carell was replaced by Will Ferrell. Fine. That's still the show that I was watching. And once neither of them are there, it's like, okay. So I just kind of pretended the show was over because really uh, like that version of the show was over. And so I stopped watching it. Do you not do monthly office binges? No, I do not. I don't either anymore because it's on Peacock and I don't have that, but I used to. Mm. Well, so there you go. I do. I would Casey and I, the wife and I, in case, you know, listeners don't know my wife's name. Not that you should. Don't be creepy. <laughs> Oh, don't be creepy is copyrighted. That That's a Merlin Man copyrighted phrase. Okay. <laughs> I shouldn't use that. Um, no, but uh, my wife and I will watch Parks and Rec. Like if we're, I don't know, if you're ever down in the dumps a little bit, you're having like a sad night for whatever reason, it's nice to just watch Ben and Leslie. And you got to jump until 
when they're already married. You got to get to like the happy Ben and Leslie <laughs> when they're like a fun mini power couple, you know, running Bonnie, Indiana together. Those episodes are very heartwarming and it's fun. And that kind of actually segues into like what I was talking about with there are exceptions to my binge watching opposition. And I think that's definitely comfort shows and what I'm going to call background television. Okay. So like binging generally, like if you have ESPN on in a sports bar, that should always be on. And if you don't know what to do at a, at a family gathering with a bunch of dudes, you can throw ESPN on and just have that on in the background. Like just to have – it's a nice conversation starter if you don't know what to say to your brother-in-law and you're just like, hey, that's a that's a thing – on the sports. Those Oilers, did, eh? Did you see that? Everyone loves the Oilers. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of fun. Um, like, there's a there was a place I used to get my haircut. I just shaved my head now. So, viewers, I'm very bald. Viewers. Listeners, I'm very bald. <laughs> <laughs> no, but back when I used to get my haircut, the, the salon had HGTV on. And I was like, that's actually a great choice. It's fun. You're just getting your haircut and watching people refinish uh, a house, and it's just kind of soothing, backgroundy. ESPN works, HGTV work, all background TV. Just having it on, like I get that. I'm not against that. Just having moving light and sound, and just so you sometimes, honestly, it's so you don't feel alone. Yeah, and that's a real thing. Like my wife travels for work. My kids go to bed at eight thirty. So there's like three hours usually before I go to bed, and we have four dogs, so that's great. I have my dogs. But it's nice to have something on. So even like Fixer Upper is a good example where I'll just throw an episode of Fixer Up and I'll watch them do stuff. Because we're trying to like slowly remodel the house. We're repainting things, redoing some shelving and remodeling the kitchen and picking out tile and all these things. So you get ideas from the show. And so that's all. That's all kind of fun. And then I'll I'll definitely binge, uh, yeah, like a comfort food show like I was talking about. Um, Parks and Rec? With, yeah, with Parks and Rec. Thank you. What about 30 Rock? Does that fall under there for you? I know. Definitely. NBC sitcoms, man, they, they know how to make them. Friends is a great comfort food. Even now that's mostly for my wife, but if it's on and she just wants to snuggle and watch friends, that's what she's in the mood to do that night. Like, sure. Let's get a bowl of popcorn and a blanket and snuggle and watch four or five episodes of friends and then go to bed because it's just a nice way to unwind. And if you try to do that with something heavy, like even if it's a procedural, like law and order, you cannot do last thing because you know someone is a creepy suspect who you should have suspected from the beginning and it just gets it gets dark and that's like the lighter end of dark like law and order is network dark it's not breaking bad or the sopranos uh but like even i saw on ranker people were saying that game of thrones was one of the most bingeable shows and i could not disagree more i think game of thrones has so much lore and stuff going for it that you really want to process it and let your brain digest it and then like in the shower realize that oh my god little finger's doing this so he can oh and like have these fun little epiphanies and really live in the world a little bit instead of just clicking to the next show and clicking to the next show again like not to belabor the, the food analogy but it's like a cheesecake cheesecake is great if you eat an entire cheesecake you're gonna mess yourself up so good. That though. is not how cheesecake was was meant to be eaten. It is amazing. That sounds amazing to eat the. Whole, I've done that. I love <laughs> cheesecake. During the pandemic, during the pandemic, uh, when I was kind of low, I bought an entire chocolate cream pie and ate it over the course of a work day Ooh. instead of all meals. Um, 
and I loved it. And I would do it with cheesecake if I had some or thought to get some. So see, but even that you spread it like it was your meal. Like you had some, and then you waited a little bit, and you had some more for lunch, and you waited a little bit, and you had some. I mean, yeah, that's what you mean is it's on the floor, and I pick it up, eat some, do some eat more a couple work. bites. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is what I mean. Okay, that's not binge. I feel better about myself. Thank you. <laughs> no, but like there are nights. Like I made, uh, I made my wife a cheesecake for um, her birthday. She gets to pick the flavor. I make her a cheesecake. Uh, I'm getting. Kind of good at it. You get better at it because, you know, we're trying things. And like, yeah, then if she's on Saturday, we're all home. We'll have cheesecake with lunch. It's not a thing we normally do. But yeah, you'll finish lunch. You're like, well, there's a cheesecake sitting there. And so you'll have one. And then again at dinner, like, well, let's have cheesecake dessert because it's here. And so that that's a good example of like, there are, you can do a mini binge. So like you want to watch? You're saying two, it's a, you're saying it's a little bit better to be able to have cheesecake whenever you want than to have to like wait next week to get the next piece of cheesecake. Is that kind of what you're saying? It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that <laughs> on occasion it can be fun to have two slices of cheesecake in one day. But like if it, there's a a serious cliffhanger, like in Game of Thrones, and you just want to get to that next one to resolve the cliffhanger, two episodes in a night is great. Eight episodes in a day sounds like overload. I feel like you're – honestly, I feel like you're going to miss stuff. I feel like you're not going to enjoy the show as much. Like the people that made it put a ton of work into it. And I feel like you're going to miss a lot while you're just trying to drink from the fire hose a little bit. Okay. Okay. That that does make sense. But, I mean, maybe cheesecake wasn't a good analogy because I I don't see how (laughs) if you had cheesecake, you would be like, I'm going to wait a week on this cheesecake I'm wondering how you had any kind of bowel movement if you had an entire cheesecake in a day. (laughs) Like, what did that do to your body? Well, I didn't, yeah. I'm always a fluffy chocolate cream pie. So it was all right. But I would, I mean, I'm not saying it's good for you. I'm just saying I would want to do it. I get the desire to want to do it, but I also think it gets in the way of sleep. Like, I remember binging, I think it was Dexter or Weeds. I was in a Showtime phase. Because I had a free trial and I didn't have HBO, which is really the only reason you should be watching Showtime, if we're being honest. And no, I was up to like one in the morning, two in the morning, like between one and two, several nights in a row. Just like you were saying, just straight up addicted to the show. So I don't want to be like an uppity prick that's never binge watched anything. I binge watched things and I I don't like me on binge watching. Like if binge watching is a drug, I'm staying up later, which means I'm crabbier in the morning. And when I'm crabby... All I want to do is shut all the doors, get everyone away from me, and binge watch again. So like it's a self-fulfilling binge-watching cycle, and all I'm watching is Dexter murder a bunch of people. And it's like, maybe you should be putting different things into your brain. I'm going to bring it all the way back to food. Maybe you should have an apple. And the apple in this case is not watching TV and going outside or watching an episode of Parks and Recreation. That's okay. an apple. I can see that. I can see that. It's so – is there anything that it especially like is other things, other examples of you wouldn't binge watch this at all other than Game of Thrones? Yeah, I think any big idea show, any show that has this huge premise it's trying to throw at you or if it's building a world like Mad Men, it's a period piece. So it really is doing a lot of world building. It feels like it's not, but you don't know what it's like to live in the 60s. So it is building a world, not to the extent that the world has dragons in it. But you have to figure out what were the rules of that world? What were the social norms? Where was everyone at with different 
issues and they get into racial issues and sexism issues and they're showing you all the problems that existed in the workplace in the 60s and then they slowly build on that. But you really do have to build that world up for people who are unfamiliar with it and then drive into those issues. So anytime you have a really big idea or a big world you're building, and I think all period shows are going to fall into that, uh, like WandaVision would be the latest example. And I think Disney Plus is really smart by doing it episodically. It was fun to watch with the wife because like we had a thing to do. And usually it was on Saturday because we, we would miss it on Friday, but we'd catch it on Saturday night and we had a show to watch. And then seriously, during the week, she's texting me from her office, just like a thought about the vision, which is very odd. My wife's not a comic book person. She's, uh, I guess you'd call it, she's a Marvel person. She's seen all the movies, mostly because I, I made her see all the movies, <laughs> but it was fun to talk about it with her during the week because we didn't know what was next. You're like, well, I think this might happen and this might happen. And we would sit down and like, while the show is getting ready, like during the opening credits or whatever, we're like, oh, I bet, I bet this might happen. And that fun little anticipation building moment where you're wondering if you're right about the world. And WandaVision was building like a new world every week, which was just fun to try and keep up with. And I feel like that would really overload you if you tried to binge it. And not overload you in a fun way where it's like watching a bunch of friends is is kind of fun sometimes because it's nostalgic and it takes you back and it's fun to just turn your brain off. Like, and I get that idea to be completely relieved of consciousness. That's what uh, it's a David Mamet quote. Like he talks about being a playwright. Like your job is to relieve them of the burden of being a conscious human being. Let them literally shut their brain off and forget everything that was bothering them and get lost in your story. That's how compelling your story should be. It should bring them in. And I think that's definitely true. And I think binge watching does that. I don't well, I think any TV watching does that, but binge watching just extends it. It's like, nope, just keep your brain off for a good seven hours and you can finish the entire second season of Scrubs, which I've done several times. Like I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm against it as a regular practice, I guess. Okay. You're oh. for it as a regular practice. So like, do you, how regularly do you binge watch things? All the time. I mean, Michelle and I just finished. We were Michelle's getting hardcore into the binge game. Let me tell you what: we just finished a hardcore one of Modern Family. That thing has eleven seasons. Holy buckets! That's nuts. And you know what she did right after that? She started Grey's Anatomy, which is oh, insane. Man, Grey's Anatomy gets heavy. There's sixteen seasons of it. Yeah, it's we just were, a soap opera. They just put a soap opera in prime time, and we're like, let's see if anybody notices. And nobody <laughs> did. Nobody cared. I'm uh, I'm binging right now, uh, Legion on FX because I just because mm. I got in the whole Marvel TV show sort of thing, uh, and I, after after waiting for all of One Division to come out, One Division to come out, and I binged that. So and I liked it. I like I get what you're saying. But maybe I'm just lazy and I don't want to have time to think about the twists. I just want to see them. Give me those twists. I'm hungry for them and I want you to feed me them. No, I don't think it's about necessarily all the twists. I totally get that. Cliffhanger shows make me want to watch the next episode right away. I think we're in 100% agreement on that. It's literally it's about the seriousness and the negativity of it. Like I have a hard time not letting it affect my mood. Huh? So we're like, if I'm watching Walter White be a Machiavellian murder, drug dealer, evil person, just like sacrificing everything that's good about him just for money by the end of it, 
I don't know. Like it's just hard to think about and be in that world for a long period of time and not have it make you into a surlier person. I think you have more empathy than I do. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I I, I don't know. I, <laughs> but I just, I just after, yeah. I, after I see a show, I'm just like, oh, all right. I guess it's time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm. I think my my wife and I are the same. Where it's like uh, after like even like WandaVision, where like there were some very serious rough episodes of WandaVision. Like we knew we didn't want to go to bed. Like okay, well it's bedtime, but. We're going to go ahead and throw a fixer upper or a parks and rec on and just have something to like a cool down. A palate like that, cleanser. That's not a palate cleanser. Exactly. A little sorbet, something light, something citrusy, you know, something with little floral notes to really. That does sound like parks and rec. Very, very nice. It, oh, man. I love, I mean, parks and rec is surprisingly deep for uh, a sitcom. Like the relationships and the friendships and the love story, I think do they do a really good job. It's not like crazy deep, but I would say it's deep for a sitcom. Like they go Brooklyn Nine Nine is kind of the same way. The Shureverse generally is is fairly deep comedy with real personal relationships. It's very well done. The ultimate palate cleanser, and because it's basically just a reality show of Parks and Rec, Making mm-hmm. It. Have you seen that one? I have seen Making It. It's fantastic. That is the most optimistic and brightest and citrusy show that could yes. possibly exist. I, I often, if there's a little bit of scary, like I watch a scary movie, I'll pop on to making it just to be like, life is all right, you know? I'm going to blow your mind right now. We don't do scary movies in this house, like, at all. There are no horror movies. We we just don't watch them. That's all right. Not a lot of people do. We just skip right over them. I think, well, they keep making them. I'm assuming a lot of people watch them, and I'm a weirdo. Well, I mean, not as many people watch them as Marvel movies. It's a smaller market. So, yeah, I think I think it has a place... I think if I were sick and didn't want to move, like if I have the flu or God forbid, if I had the Rona, I would just sit there with a jug of simply orange and try to drown all the germs in vitamin C because that's, that's my move. And, but that's the thing. I still, I wouldn't binge a series. I would just do a sitcom. I would do season three of Parks or whenever Rob Lowe and, and Adam Scott arrive. Like oh. the end of season two, beginning of three. Okay. I don't rewatch season one a ton. But yeah, I would just jump in and, and watch something fun. Watch a whole season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Season two or three of Scrubs. If you're lucky, both. Um, You got to start really early in the day for that. Okay. So not even that. You're going to binge anything too serious. Okay. Getting a look, a further look inside. I, I, I generally Because I think I'm looking, I'm looking for optimism at that point. Like I'm sick. I'm, I'm laid up. I'm just... You know, I, I want to escape. I want to have that fun feeling of getting into a show, but I don't want to watch Don Draper have three different mistresses in the same episode and then go home and yell at his wife. Like, that's not going to help me have a better sick day. Understandable. Understandable. But I, I think watching Jam get slapped in the face because he's fallen in love with Tammy and needs to be deprogrammed. Like, that's a good time. That's that's a great episode. That's some good television. <laughs> But really, it feels like it almost feels like there's two different, like a bygone era. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I maybe it's just Dad Tim. Because I remember binge watching with you all the time. Yeah, when we lived together, it was like, hey, it's not 10 a.m. yet, which means if we start now, we can watch the entire second season of Scrubs and still go out for dinner. Because mm-hmm. it takes seven and a half hours to watch 22 episodes 
of an old sitcom because they're about 22 and a half minutes without commercials. Exactly. And we would just be like, oh, wow. We would just have to skip class all day and then snack our way through breakfast and lunch. And then, yeah, go go to Chipotle for dinner. And it was really hard to turn that down. And we did it a lot. This was back when you had to watch uh, shows on DVDs, but we owned the box set of the second season of Scrubs, or you owned it, I think. And I I enjoyed the hell out of that. And I enjoyed – I remember binge-watching lots of stuff in law school. I was uh, – there were definitely bouts of loneliness because I was away from my family and away from my friends for the first time, making new friends and really just binge watching because it was nice to have TV company. And that sounds a little pathetic, but I'm going to throw it out there. You know, it's nice to have some TV company sometimes. It is. But no, like since the kids, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of it. Well, first of all, when am I going to have seven hours? Good point. <laughs> like, Good just the point. idea is, is laughable that I would have seven hours to myself. You can stop sleeping. Five-year-olds. Yeah. Just, you have know. you considered that? I have a theory that you can wean yourself off sleep if you just slowly reduce the amount of sleep that you're getting. Yeah. Oh. It, it works. Maybe we could try that. We'd go insane, but we could try. You die. After yeah. I 17. think you go insane first and then die. Yeah. Well, 17 days is the record. No one's trying to beat it because you die. If you made a show called 17 Days and at the end of it, he didn't die, the person started like seeing another dimension and realized that sleep was a lie and it just recharged our batteries to make sure we couldn't see the other dimension that was coming to kill us. Not a, that would be isn't that a show that you show. already talked about. Is it? The one with Isaac, what's his face? Oh, that's it. He just has two separate worlds going on in his head. That's Jason Isaacs. But I thought it was when he was sleeping. When he goes to sleep, he's in the other world. Isn't that what you just said? No, I'm saying if the guy gets off of sleep and he realizes that sleep is a lie and the real world that oh, we're okay. in has, I don't know, evil aliens in it that you can only see once you pass through the sleep gauntlet. And he's trying to get other people to join him. So that's what you meant by another world. Okay. I'm, that is yeah. interesting. I would watch I that. 17 days. So every time he has to recruit someone, he has to keep them up for 17 days. And they have to believe that they're not going to die. You'd have to have 17 episodes in the first season. Was it like a 24 type show? I don't know. Why would you not make it 17 episodes? Is every episode 24 hours long? This is like a full on. I don't think that the days and the episodes have anything to do with each other. I just think it'd be cool if it had 17 episodes. (laughs) Did you... It's a marketing gimmick. I see what you're saying. Well, uh, the Clone Wars. Are you familiar with uh, Order 66 to eliminate all the Jedi? I am. The Clone Wars, uh, they're making another episode. They're they're making another show that's basically the next season of the Clone Wars, even though it ended in season seven. And the reason that they're not calling this new thing a Clone Wars, like a next season, it's just called The Bad Batch. It's about a subset of the clones, which sounds awesome. Anyway, the reason that they're not calling... The, it, more of the Clone Wars because the Clone Wars has exactly 66 hours worth of content. Mm. <laughs> so, so they're enjoying that. Yeah, because they, they ordered 66 of them. <laughs> That's cute. So it's just, it's just I'm going to throw cute out there. Yeah, it's just a fun way numbers don't, I mean, are cool. Numbers are cool, kids. Get into them. Yeah, learn some, learn some math. So yeah, I think since I've been a dad... I've definitely binge-watched way, way less. And now that I'm thinking about that, it's not true. Like, in the first year when they're just, like, crying all the time and it's just 
bottles and diapers and bottles and diapers. I binge watched Parks and Rec, and then I got to the end and I immediately started it again. It was just nice to have something on. I was a stay at home dad for about a year right after the kids were born, and it it's nice to have a show on, take your mind off things. You're just doing laundry and mopping up spit and poop and all those cool dad things. So it's fun to do, but that's a nice thing. That's a good example of that. Sometimes it was just background TV. Mm. And it's fun. I like a good binge. Mostly of the lighter shows. I think so much prestige TV and the bigger shows, they feel so much like movies and they feel like they have so many big ideas and they get so serious and they take on these dark topics that I, I don't like binging them. Maybe it's just because of the mood, but it's also, I think, because I like to break down the the show a little bit. Like I like to think about Mad Men episodes and why Pete Campbell made that choice to do those things. And what's Sterling up to? Like, he's so charismatic, but it feels like he's tricky. And like all these fun little things. And I, I like the in-between. I like when you get to think about it. Well, it's well we agree on binge watching. What's that? It's certainly a better marketing tactic, probably, to have it in the collective mind for that long. I don't think yeah. I don't think Netflix can keep doing the season all at once. Not that Disney's here doing the longer plays. Mm-hmm. They're spending their money better. I think Netflix is going to be like, that's probably what we need to do if we don't want to just be like blowing loads of cash all the way, all the time. Yeah. So if you are like a first adapter level consumer of Marvel content where you're like, whatever comes out, I'm going to watch the next thing. You've just had this steady stream of WandaVision and now Falcon and Winter Soldier all leading back into theaters reopening. And now they're going to drop Black Widow on Disney+. Plus. So you're just in the ecosystem paying paying Disney. They're over 100 million subscribers now. They're making like six, seven hundred million dollars a month Wow, their subscription service. And some of that's large corporate accounts. And so they only pay like four or five dollars a month. I prepaid for four years. I'm only paying five dollars a month because I was like, I have children. There's no way I'm not going to need this in four years. I'm going to buy all four years now and lock in my price. So that was fun. But I think there's a place for it. You seem to think about it that its place is always and forever and to just binge watch everything. So I guess talk to me more about why you think everything is binge watchable. I, I I don't know if it is binge watchable. I just like, I just love it. I do. I do like, I get it. I got addicted to it as a drug and I need more of it and I don't want it to stop. I don't have the, I don't know if I'm just, like I said, have less empathy than you, but I can watch anything right before bed and then just go to bed. I don't, I forget that those people are. So let me ask you that the right before bed. So what qualifies as a binge for you? Like, are we talking two episodes, three episodes right before bed? How many episodes does it have to be to be a binge session? Or is it just one episode a day? Oh, I mean, uh, by binge, I mean, I'm, you know, watching as many episodes as I can with children a day. Mm -hmm. So that might only be two or three, but I'm not spacing that out. Uh, any further than I have to. And I like to, I mean, I'm binging a couple shows and I'll binge a couple for a couple days and then binge another one. So it's like little mini binges, like kind of you said, but, but yeah, I, I, I binge as much as I can. And usually before bed, I'll do like two or three. Yeah. Do you have the iPad in the bed? No, there's the a laptop. TV in the bedroom. Ooh. Okay. Which I don't, you know, some experts say you shouldn't have a TV in the bedroom. Robert? Yeah, we we don't. I do the I well when Game of Thrones was coming out weekly, Casey was not on the Game of Thrones train. And so 
and you can't watch Game of Thrones with the kids up. Nope. So the kids would go to bed and like we'd kind of put the house to sleep. And by that, I mean, we did the dishes and fed the dogs and let the dogs out to go one last time and all the little things that you do. Um, and then, yeah, I would just watch Game of Thrones in bed next to her while she fell asleep. Uh, but, you know, we don't have a TV, no TV in the bedroom. Hey, that's all right. If, if we did, maybe we would be binge watching a lot more. <laughs> it certainly helped when we were watching Modern Family. Mm. But, yeah, I just, uh, I mean... I don't want to wait to know the you know what's going to happen next. I guess I've abandoned the part of the brain that wants to critically think about it uh over the the inner, you know, the time between the next episode and I just want to I just want to know it. I get but I do get what you're saying. I can't say that what you're saying is bad because it does seem like a good idea to just sort of think about and ruminate and theorize. In between episodes, I just can't. I just can't do it if if I have the option not to. <laughs> Are you and your wife binging the same things? Uh, sometimes, uh, but not right now. She's into right now. Like I said, she's into Grey's Anatomy, and I'm mm-hmm. doing uh, 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 Legion, uh, and also some a redo of BoJack Horseman. So, what's your favorite? Th- um, so what I'm trying to ask is what your favorite thing about binging is. And what I mean by that is one of my favorite things about shows is the social component. Uh-huh. It's talking to people about the show. Uh-huh. Is that one of your favorite things about shows? No. I, uh, if I can, if I, I try not to force – if I ask somebody if they watch a show and if they don't, I don't talk about it. But if they're into it, I might talk about it a little bit. But no, not really thinking about that. Just wanting to consume the content. Just You're not like a breathless, you have to watch this show. That's not you. I used to be, but, you know, I know I know now that people don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Like, you, we get it. Have you seen Ooh. Bojack Horseman, Tim? Have you seen Ted Lasso? Have you seen <laughs> Ted Lasso? Have you seen Ted Lasso, though? I haven't. Like, I don't even know what that is. I, I get it. It's First of all, I have actually seen it, and it is a great show. Okay. I do think people should watch it. But the amount of... Weight behind the you have to watch Ted Lasso push on the internet was I missed wildly that. mockable, I guess. I totally missed that. I still don't know what it is. We have different internet circles. It's uh, Jason Sudeikis uh, as the coach of a soccer team, but he is a college American football coach. So okay. He's never played soccer. He doesn't know soccer. And he is hired to coach a football team. European football team. So he coaches American football. He's hired to play coach European football, which of course we call soccer here in the States. What channel is this on? HBO? Apple TV. Apple, Apple TV? Apple TV Plus, yeah. I, guess I totally forgot it. about that. That exists. Okay. I forgot about that completely. A real thing that exists. It's got the morning show with Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. It's a cool show. No? Nope. Totally By cool friend. show, I mean I liked the trailer. I haven't watched it. I've not watched it. Apple TV needs to get their shit together because Apple TV is a device in my house that's hooked to my TV. That's uh-huh. an Apple TV. Yes. With an Apple TV on on the box, there's an app that says Apple TV on it. And when I click on the app, there's a service on top of that. That's Apple TV Plus. So if you buy the service in the if you buy Apple TV Plus in the Apple TV app on your Apple TV box. Uh huh. The Apple TV app still tries to connect all the other services together. 
like it's building a cable package for you in real time. Like if you have Netflix, Netflix shows show up in the Apple TV app. So do Amazon Prime shows and Hulu shows and Paramount Plus shows and all these things. Okay. So it's confusing. When you open Apple TV, you're not just watching Apple TV Plus shows. They want the app called Apple TV on the box, Apple TV, to be the only thing that you watch. And it's incredibly confusing. They haven't branded it well. They need to rename one of these levels. The box, the app, the service. They need to remind me it exists. I don't even... Also a good point. But there, uh, I love binging, and I do it as often as I can. Uh, I do have to warn people, in case you somehow don't know this, it is bad for you. Um, oh, okay. I, I did a real cursory glance at some Google research where I Googled oh. and just looked at some headlines and whatnot. Were there any about my emotional stuff where it makes you sad? Uh, there was actually there – there was. There was some that said depression. There was also some – that leads into more of the addiction thing where it does uh, boost your endorphins and stuff. So as a, uh, as a serotonin uh, depleted individual, that really feeds into me a little bit to uh, get, get them, uh, I'll get my kicks brain chemistry wise when I can, but mostly, so there's a little bit, you know, boosting endorphins can help with stress, but it's mostly, uh, yeah, depressing. It'll get you depressed, you know, not moving for a while. Uh, is bad for you if you're just sure. sitting in one place. Uh-huh. Don't do it too much. Uh-uh. So uh, mostly it's, you know, definitely not a good healthy thing to do. I will just want to get that out of the way. Uh, but I love it. I love it. I was going to say, is it making you question your binging decisions? Or you're like, yeah, I make a lot of unhealthy choices, though. And this is just another one. That is exactly what I'm doing. Just add oh, okay. to the pile. It's just a big laundry pile of bad life decisions. What am I going to do? Clean it now? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to go buy new clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like – Binge watching has health implications that you do not care about. Uh, Tell me more. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. I know I should probably start caring about myself a little bit more now that I think of it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so everything you said is about how binge watching is bad, but yeah. you're not on my side that binge watching is bad. <laughs> this is fascinating. <laughs> So I listed all the reasons why I don't like binge watching. You listed all the reasons why binge watching is bad for your mental and physical health. Yeah. And you're going to stay on the binge watching is good side. Yeah, and here's here's the here's the reason why it makes because it makes you feel so good when you do it. You just Have you Tim, have you ever binge watched a science fiction show for an hour and a half, 2 hours in your basement after everyone's asleep? In your own virtual reality movie theater, cutting off the entirety of the outside world. Have you ever done that, Tim? No, and I'm growing concerned. <laughs> Officially. It's amazing. You don't exist in this reality anymore. <laughs> it's, no, I, I get the release of it. I feel like some of that you used to get in movie theaters. And, and I hope to, again, soon in, in a movie theater, as soon as I am vaccinated and they open movie theaters. But... I I love that the the two and a half three hour like I remember watching Avengers Endgame for the first time and you're just in it you're in this world and it's a big dark room and the sound like you can feel the sound literally in your bones like it makes your body shake because yeah. the sound system is cranked up and it's just incredible like I get that like that's one big show 
I remember losing myself in a show for five hours and like you come out of the room and the sun is still up <laughs> and you thought the sun went down because <laughs> you lost all track of space and time. I think that feeling I hate. Oh, I, I love that feeling. I love okay, the feeling. Okay, so now, now we're getting somewhere. I, that whole thing? I How love- would you describe that feeling? Uh... Just like you completely lost yourself into another dimension, and you just like snap back into this one, and you can think back, "Wow, that was amazing!" Like when I have a dream, it doesn't matter if it's good or weird or bad. I'll, the next day, I'll be like, "Let's do that again." Even okay, oh, even especially the bad or weird ones, because those are the most vivid for me. And then in the moment, they're like terrifying or weird. And then I wake up like, "Oh, that was awesome! I want to go back and do." I I hope that happens again. Just I always. I don't have that positive experience. Like, have you seen The Princess Bride? Yes. Yeah, when Wesley's strapped to the machine, he's like, I've just sucked one year of your life away. Like, that. That's how it feels. When I get into a show and I've watched too many and I know I should stop watching them and I keep watching one more episode and then all of a sudden it's two in the morning. It's like, I really should have gone to bed because I want tomorrow to be better. And I know tomorrow will be worse now. Because there's not enough time for me to sleep enough to be a good functioning human husband, dad person. Sure. Then all I feel right before I fall asleep is bad, especially if it's a serious show. Because now I'm like thinking all these serious thoughts about murder and drugs or whatever the show is. And I'm up late and I know I've already – I've screwed up tomorrow because I wanted to keep watching a show today. I that feeling eats at me. That feeling that you're talking about is called responsibility. <laughs> yes. And I just like to like I said it's all worth it the health risks and possibly being a little tired or cranky to feel like you're just in another space and time completely and just losing yourself for as long as you can as hard as you can as much as you can just being in that and I guess I'm just addicted to it, but it's just, it's amazing. And I, I'm looking back on it, even if I'm tired the next day, I can look back on it or be like, just make it through today and maybe you can do it again tonight, buddy. You can hit that, hit that again. Get that next big hit of five more episodes of The Expanse. <laughs> it definitely sounds like an addiction the way you're talking about it. And no, I, I think one of the things is, like just oh I'll be a little tired is my like I've been home for a year now again with the kids and the only thing I need to be good at, at my job of being a stay at home dad is sleep yeah the rest I can figure out as long as I've slept uh we'll go to the park we'll play in the backyard we'll you can make scooping poop from your dogs into a game and they will have fun <laughs> they will race to see who can get ten poops in the bag first. They will outdo each other and they're outside and they're cleaning up after their pets and learning responsibility and counting things. But if I'm not awake enough to come up with a way to make it a game, if I'm crabby and I'm like, just go play outside, anytime I've I've sacrificed sleep, I feel like I've sacrificed the next day. But like if I had to go just sit at a desk or if I had to do any of my jobby jobs that I used to have. I think I'd be okay being tired most of the day because I can still do most of the functions of the job even if I'm exhausted. Yeah. I don't think I'm good at this job when I'm tired. And I think that's why I get so defensive about sleep where it's like I have to be like 
in a perfect world lights out in bed like 11 at the latest. And so like I start heading to bed pretty early and it's, yeah. So I think that's part of it where it's like, it's a, like I said, the dad thing factors into it a lot for me where it's just, I don't, it's not that I don't want to keep watching the show and it's not that I, I don't enjoy the world that I'm in. It's just, I'm so anxious about tomorrow that I know I have to get to sleep. So I don't think constantly being anxious about everything is necessarily a better way to mentally be, but that definitely plays into how much TV I watch. Oh, yeah, I just well, I do want to clarify something. I I don't want to escape my like I like my life as well. I'm not trying to say that my life is so terrible that I have to find the escape any moment I can. Sure. Uh, it's just that when you get so absorbed in these different worlds and you do leave, even if you have a good life and you and you kind of just are transported somewhere else mm-hmm. for a while, and then you come back and you realize, wow, I was somewhere else for a while. <laughs> it's just like that's amazing. And, you could- no, and I don't think it's bad. I think it could be a form of self-care where you're just getting a break. Like when my mother-in-law picks up the kids tomorrow, I am going to like breathe a sigh of relief and take a nap and maybe have a margarita at 11 a.m. because she's got the kids and it's nice to have a break. You know, like it's I, I totally get wanting a break and taking time for yourself. And if your time for yourself is this release into a cool sci-fi world where anything can happen that that makes sense to me and i I think we have different sleep needs we've always had different sleep needs i mean i mean sometimes it goes to midnight or two or three or four a.m and um that's not great for you it's not sustainable and i you know the days where it does the times where it gets into four or five a.m uh if it's a friday (laughs) you were you keep adding one I don't know, you know, 2 a.m. So anyway, we're up at 3 a.m. Uh, and if it gets to 4 a.m., sometimes you just have to keep watching until 5. Like you really just slowly added hours and hours. But and yeah, I want to be clear. You're in your 30s, man. Like there's – you are not functioning at a high level if oh, you no, were up until gonna, 5 a.m. I was going to say if, it, if, that's, if that's happening on Friday night, uh, the weekend's gone. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be catching up on sleep the whole time. But – but uh, I mean, even even now, if I reflect, I mean, I haven't stayed up super. I haven't stayed up maybe past one in a couple of months. But you know, some of the I still think back to getting lost for that long and binging for that long and being in like you said, there's this different sci-fi world. And I think that was cool. Uh, maybe I'll do that again sometime. So yeah, I just think that for it can be a nice way to get the serotonins and endorphins all firing and. Uh, it's cheaper than other drugs and better for you than cocaine, probably. It's at, oh. least, it's at least better than heroin. I'm going to say that definitively. Binge watching is 100% better than heroin for you. It's probably more habit-forming than cocaine. There's a lot of evidence that cocaine's not that habit-forming. It's just terrible for you. Yeah, but it's, I'm going to say it's at least better for you than heroin, maybe that maybe cocaine. It's And probably alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe it's not that bad. So if I have to choose between binge watching and bourbon, you're saying binge watching for the health effects, yes. Okay, but ideally you would just do. <laughs> I'm definitely on the bourbon side of that equation. If I had to pick one, one episode, go to sleep, have a nice old fashioned. Got to get the Luxardo cherries. That's the key. Got to get the fancy cherries. I know you're a big cherry person. I I I, I like. Maraschino cherries. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, you enlightened me that there's different tiers of maraschino cherry. I, 
I'll, I, I'll just drink the juice straight out of those bottles of the maraschino cherries, man. I'm not a very cultured individual, but I do like cherries. You're going to love these. I, I hope to make you a cocktail soon with a, with a Luxardo cherry. You know what we could do? Send you on your way. What we could do is we could have an evening where we have Luxardo cherry old fashions and I have multiple VR headsets and we could both be in the same movie theater binge watching a show. <laughs> Look at each other. That would be fun. I think I would enjoy that. The the headset sticks out so your drink like knocks into it. <laughs> so we'd be drinking these these like classic old fashions through a straw. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> it's hard to pretend you're Don Draper when you're drinking through a straw. <laughs> when you're drinking through a straw with a VR headset. With a VR headset. <laughs> Just like Don Draper. So yeah, I uh yeah. You know, that's what I feel. That's what I. That's what I keep in my heart. Is you're the, staying in the binge watching is good camp. You are firmly. I have not convinced you. Uh, no, and you never will. Nothing's gonna get me off that that uh, electric pony that we call the binge watch. Is is hot? It's a hot pony. I always bring it back to ponies. <laughs> you. It was so close to being a good fake saying. You'll never get me off the electric pony. Be called binge watching, and you could have just stopped. And you didn't. <laughs> if the pony gets really hot, I feel like you'd want to get off. I feel like that'd be uncomfortable. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I like the electric pony. <laughs> never, you're never going to get me off. All right. Anyway, uh, should we do another topic? What do you think? Yeah, pick another. We one? should. I picked. I, I like going back and forth. So okay. I picked the binge watch. It is your turn to pick a topic. I have tabulated over the list. Doesn't have to be on the list. If you want to go wild card, I support that. <gasps> but we do have a list of topics that oh, we dang. have. I didn't, have I to didn't even from. consider that, but I think I do have a good one okay. slotted up in the old brain bucket that I liked on the list. And I would like to discuss whether or not advice is good. Ooh, that is exciting. Yeah. Because I don't know if it depends on the advice. I, I feel like it can't depend... On the advice itself, because obviously good advice is good and bad advice is bad. It's going to have to depend on just whether or not advising other people about their personal stuff is good. I mean, I think geography also plays a part in it, because what if it's... What? <laughs> I'm, I'm all ears. What if it's Miami advice? You're going to hell. That was a dad stretch and a half. Miami advice. So yeah, I think that's uh yeah, I think that'll be a good one to talk about. So when you are thinking about advice, how are you thinking about it? Can you elaborate a little bit on uh, like why you picked it? What drew you to the topic? I was picturing more advice like TV shows and like like uh when commercialized advice. Oh, like our advice columns good. Our advice. But I like shows. I like broadening it. That's good too because I think a lot of times just even when people say their problems, people are, you know, inclined to chime in on it. And maybe that's, that could, I mean, that could be real bad too. It could. Or good. Mm. I'm not going to tell you which one it is now, if that's what you're waiting for. No, that would be a spoiler. Yeah. I'll yeah. leave them wanting more. I mean, hopefully they're just, they've waited until all these episodes are out and they're just cranking through them <laughs> one after the other. That's what just. you should do. Yeah. That's what I would do. Anyway. I, I do want anyone listening to this to please 
rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe because this is a real podcast now and it's in Apple Podcasts and it would be great if you subscribed. I think we're having fun. We'll try to keep having fun and keep yeah. you coming back. I had fun. This was fun. Yeah, we should do it again. Uh, yeah, I think I, I can do that. Next week? I mean, this weekend is busy. Uh, Is like a, how about like a Wednesday night? Do you, Is a Wednesday morning okay? I can't do Wednesdays. I have a thing on Wednesdays. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm traveling next Thursday. I guess I could just bring my kit with me, but yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. That's a big kit. You sure? Yeah, I can do okay. that. All right. If you're mobile, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. I am a bird. Excellent. I am also a bird. I'm a bird with a big old beak. Nope. This has been Are We Sure This Is Good? with Rob Derland and Tim Malm. You can find us online at AreWeSureThisIsGood.com. If you want to see things we think are good, check out the Are We Sure This Is Good YouTube channel or follow us on Twitter at AWSTIG. Suggestions or questions? Drop us a line at AreWeSureThisIsGood at gmail.com. From all of us here at Malmland, keep those headphones at a reasonable volume, never argue with a drunk, and whenever possible, hug someone you love. Good. Are you working hard or hardly working? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A you know how it is. A little bit of peanut butter in my tin bone hat. That's a thing. Nope.